Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to have a special guest here today. I always love having guests on my show. And this particular guest, I think he's actually my first male guest. So Lou Bortone, I've known, I think about five or so years now. Mm -hmm. And in the world of business, especially online business, that might be like the equivalent of 25 years. So it feels really great to have you here as my guest today. Um, I'm gonna do a quick introduction. Uh, Lou has been in video marketing since before video marketing was a thing. He's been a leader in the video space since the launch of YouTube in 2005. Okay, 2005 definitely seems like decades ago and it was. Um, and Lou Bartone is at loubartone.com. Lou, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Jeannie. And I am really, really honored to be um, the, the guy in the group. I'm usually the only guy in all these coaching groups and, and things that I'm in. So I'm pretty comfortable with that at this point. And I remember that you'd come to one of my events a couple of years ago, and that was the case. You were the guy that yeah, attended. I love, being, I love being the guy. The it was group. fantastic. Yeah. And I think my husband came to the event that year too. And it was like, wait a minute, Andrew, there's also another guy here. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is so fantastic. I have a thousand questions to ask you. Awesome. Um, and I'm just really curious. I'd love for you to just go back a little bit. So mm -hmm. when you said you've been around since 2005, how yep. did you get into this? Like what started your journey in video mm -hmm. marketing? Uh, well, I had been in the television business, so I had worked in Los Angeles uh, on the marketing side for, for different networks and cable networks and things like that. So that part was familiar. But when I came back east, when my twins were born, um, I sort of fell into the, the video thing. Um, and to be honest, I was making a goofy sketch comedy show for a um, like a local cable public access thing. And um, it was just a, you know, just a goof, just a, a little thing to do for fun. And I started to realize, oh, my God, this YouTube thing is huge. We're getting, you know, way more views on YouTube than we are from the 17 people watching on, you know, Bedford, New Hampshire cable or whatever it is. So it was a little bit of an accident and then just a little bit of good timing. And, and I just really kind of uh, embraced it and said, you know what, I can, you know, this is not that difficult. I can do this. Oh, that's so cool. So it was just sort of by accident in some ways that it that your business grew like you're an accidental yeah. entrepreneur, yeah, accidental would you say? Entrepreneur. I never really wanted to work for myself. I liked having a boss and getting a paycheck every two weeks and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And um, once I, I'd come back to New England, it's like, you know, uh, I just thought, oh, my gosh, everything's everything's different. You know, TV is not what it used mm -hmm. to be that the industry had changed so drastically. And I just decided, you know what, even though I don't like being on camera myself, I can help other people with that. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have to stop for a second because if you hear anything in the background, it's this beautiful little sound. And I think I hear it. Who is sitting on your lap today? You can't, you can hear Regina, the snoring pug. <laughs> I can hear a snoring pug. No, no, no. I'm just teasing. I just want you to tell us. So they're part of, they're part of your business. So you have two dogs. Yes, I have two pugs. They're rescue pugs from Green Mountain Pug Rescue. 
And because they make their presence known on every podcast or Zoom meeting, I said, you know what, I might as well just make them as part of the brand. So yes. um, they have they they get way more likes than I get. They're much more popular than me. So when in doubt, if you if you are struggling with video, put your kids or your dogs in there and you'll be all set. I know, which is so good. I've always known that. And I remember one of the first times, I think it was Holly that originally introduced us, Holly Chantel. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, did she do your branding for you at one point? Too? Yeah, she did. Yeah. And, okay. and she made, I said, well, I said, Rocco has to be part of this. So he was all over the website. And mm-hmm. that was just, you know, one of the things we decided that if they're going to be, and I've worked at home for years, but it's like, okay, if they're going to be in the background, they might as well be in the foreground. And be yes, I love it. And so to me, it's just part of having a lifestyle business, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you, things like this are going to happen. We're going to have our pets, our family sometimes are going to be around. I've experienced that, especially during COVID. Yeah. Um, uh, my nest was empty. It became full again. <laughs> um, I have a dog that loves to bark, so we might hear her. And that's just the reality of this. This is um, part of what's what it's all about. Uh, exactly. I think people kind of expect that. And even when you start to see it on CNN and somebody's little kid comes in the room in the middle of a big national interview, like, oh, it's all good. So. I know. I actually love that. And I think it humanizes um, mm-hmm. us, which what brings me to the next point in all of this is um, there's so much... Um, Oh, I know. Like there's, there's one side of the business where we have to feel, or we look super polished or we have to be polished. And there's this assumption that we have to do the same thing. If we're putting together a podcast or going Mm -hmm. on video, we have to, we have to actually be like, I don't know, like super, super polished. And we're nervous. Like if we don't get it right, that it might not be as good. Or I'd love to just talk through some of that for you, because there's so many things that I think when that comes up when we're considering video marketing or using video yeah. in our business that stops us, especially, mm-hmm. you know, those of us who are newer to it. So what would you like to tell us about that and how <laughs> we can get over some of it? Well, um, first of all, I'm an introvert. I do not like being on camera. I don't mm-hmm. like the way I look on camera. I know it's, you know, people think it's always just a, a female thing, but it's not. And um, the main thing is that people don't really care you know, I, I always say they don't care who you're wearing. They just want your content. They want your information. They may have a problem that you can solve. They may have a challenge that you can address. So it's really more about the content than the, the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell folks, you know what, just start with like Facebook Live. It's really low hanging fruit. It's low pressure. Mm-hmm. People don't expect, you know, professional lighting and things like that. Um, the other distinction that I like to make is that I think that there are keeper videos and quick videos. So a keeper is like, okay, this is going on my homepage of my website. I, I need to put a little more thought in it. Maybe I don't want the dog barking in the background. Mm. Whereas a quick video, you know, Facebook Live or an interview or a tip, it's it's totally fine. In fact, I was because I was so afraid of being on camera, I would put the dogs and the pugs in the videos, or I would dress up as Moses and do the Ten Commandments of video. And that's the stuff that people love. They're like, oh, forget, where's, you know, forget Lou, where's Rocco the Pug? Yeah. And w- what other costumes do you have that maybe we should see? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have, yeah. you know, and it's crazy because I, I think we had talked right before we started that, that for a while I was doing a, a goofy little sketch comedy show on local public access cable. So I had all these goofy, we'd do skits and stuff like that. And I had all these costumes. I'm like, yeah, I might as well put on the Julius Caesar costume and see what we can come up with for this video. <laughs> I really love that. And and it makes you human 
when mm -hmm. they see the uh, when people do see like the human side of you right where it's yep. not perfect and mm -hmm. then when you need to in your brand bring in sort of the more polished parts where yep. Rocco and Regina aren't necessarily in <laughs> or that you're not wearing your Moses costume <laughs> um then they can see that too right. but I guess if I was going to ask this question um I, I sort of say the same thing with my clients who are speaking. We yeah. all think we have to have every word right. We have to right. have everything perfect. What would you say are some other things that people think about that mm -hmm. stop them from getting out there? Um, yeah, um, and I always come back to, you know what, done is better than perfect. I can spend six hours on this, but you know, oftentimes the first take that I do is gonna be the best anyway. Yeah. But I think it's a matter of just, you know, kind of, getting comfortable with who you are and how you look. I mean, I just turned 60 and I no, um, I bought this face cream and my wife was like, what the hell is this? It's probably like women's stuff. I'm like, I don't like the dark spots on the side of my face. You know, I mm. just, that's too, you know, maybe I'm too vain or whatever. Like, I don't like that. I have to be on camera. I want to look. So, it, yeah. you know, people, like I say, often think it's just a female problem, but guys have egos too. And, you know, we're like, yeah. oh, I don't want to look old, but but no, um, you know what part of it's just get over it this is who i am mm -hmm. i have some value to offer i have a message to deliver and uh you know you, I, I always say that you know your message has to be more important than your your ego basically oh my gosh thank you for saying that and it's so mm -hmm. important because we can get in our heads about how yeah. we look or how we sound or what we're mm -hmm. wearing or um, comparing ourselves to others who yep. might have a big production team. And you know all right. about that. Yeah. It's like, we can't, everybody's like, can you make me look like Marie Folio? I'm like, only if you hire six people and, and buy a $6,000 camera, you know, right. we, don't always have, we don't all have that luxury. <laughs> right. And that brings me to my next question, because I think when we talk about video marketing, there's mm -hmm. the, also an assumption that if we don't do it that way, that yeah. it's not worth doing. But there's steps between that, that we who are maybe just starting our businesses and getting ourselves out there and getting known, or we're yeah. a little further along and we're adding this strategy into our business, there's ways that we can get started. Yeah. What, what, what would you say, like, if you think about this, this ladder mm -hmm. at the first rung of the ladder would be some things that people need to think about? Yeah, I mean, really, you know, if they're right now, they're using iPhones to shoot car commercials and, and mm. you know, Hollywood and stuff. So it's like, if you have an iPhone or if you have a mobile device with a, a relatively new camera, you are on a pretty much level playing field with just about anybody else. So all you okay. really need is, you know, my lighting costs a hundred dollars and my microphone costs $60. It's like, you don't need thousands of dollars worth of equipment to get started. If you have the basic webcam, um, microphone, and you know, that's pretty much all you need, just some decent lighting, you know? Um, and then the other thing that, you know, like I say, people are not saying like, oh my God, does Lou have a new pimple near his nose? It's like, no, they, they just want yeah. the answer to their question. So, yeah. yeah, they do. And I think that's another part of it is the, the thinking around this content and yeah. that's another, that's a, that's within this whole strategy. It's not just how mm -hmm. you look and how right. you sound and all of that, or what your background is. There's mm -hmm. multiple components to this. And so there's the content piece, yeah. um, which there's so many questions I can ask. But the one question is that I'd like to start with is if you're mm -hmm. thinking about getting started with video marketing, what do you need to think about with regard to your content as you're beginning the process mm -hmm. of saying, 
I commit to doing this and I yeah. want to do more of it. What what's something that they should consider thinking about? I mean, you could just be, really start with, you know, what what are folks asking me most often? What are the frequently asked questions that people ask? What are the <clears throat> excuse me, handful of tips that I can share that are going to be, you know, relatively easy for people to to act on. So it's it's really just a matter of thinking, well, what is my expertise? What's the best way for me to share that with folks? Um, and for me, it's like, if somebody asked me what camera should I use one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a video for it. And I could just direct people to that video. And either way, the answer to that question is whatever, whatever camera you have, you know, probably in your pocket, like your, your phone camera. So, um, but it's really more about just, you know, put, putting yourself and your message out there, like I say, and, and realizing that, um, video is really a great way to sort of leapfrog and and jump ahead of, of wherever you may be because if you're doing blogging um i mean you know podcasting is awesome as well mm -hmm. obviously really really popular um but you can be doing you know writing articles and doing blog posts and posting on social media but video really seems to accelerate the sales process because mm -hmm. it builds no like and trust more quickly than just about any other medium Oh, I have to so agree with you on this. And it's one of the things that I recognized when I was hosting events regularly, I noticed the conversion aspect mm -hmm. of, and I, I sell very differently. Like I'm, I'm not all about like filling a room with hundreds of people and, yeah. you know, like five people will sign up for your program and mm -hmm. that's exactly what you wanted to have happen. No, like I'm always about like giving value, having an incredible event. Mm -hmm. And then but I noticed though, was when I was doing them, it that dimension, like being in person was so, so good. But I'd also noticed that many of the people who'd come to the event had seen me, they'd watched videos, they'd seen my Facebook lives, or they'd seen me on Instagram or Instagram lives, or they'd yeah. heard my voice. And I'd, I actually went to the, to a few of them and said, did you just like read a post about me? Mm -hmm. No, I went that extra mile. So I love that you're saying this because it validates what I think if you can't be in person yeah. making that the next best would be for people, especially who are visual would be, yeah. would be video, right? Absolutely. And, and you get that sort of, I feel like I already know you effect. I mean, I have folks, you know, who have relationships online with who I, I consider really dear friends and I've never met them in real life. So it's just that's the power of video. And especially now, you know, since lockdowns and pandemics and we can't, you know, I mean, thank God events are starting to come back. But even now, the, the hybrid events and like, oh, you can come live or you can watch the video. So when when sort of in person networking was taken away from us, a lot of folks had to fall back on on video because that was kind of the only way we could connect and engage at that yeah, point. Absolutely. I, I mean, there's so many things that I've really loved in our connection and we've known each other for several years. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I've also known is that uh, you have a love of Italy and yeah. your family, and we share this, I don't know mm -hmm. if you know this at all, or if I've ever told you this, but mm -hmm. my grandfather was from Italy. Uh, he didn't yeah. become naturalized until many years after he'd already been in this country. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, I went on a wild goose chase of looking <laughs> to see how I could, <laughs> I could possibly have dual citizenship. Yeah. And, okay. and um, yeah, so 
And for those of you who don't see Lou right now, because we're on a podcast, your background is of Tuscany. So yeah. tell us about your love of Italy. I, yeah. I loved this conversation. So. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because I have like the citizenship thing. I have a story about that as well. But mm -hmm. my grandparents were from Southern Italy. You know, they're Italian. They spoke Italian in the house. They had the traditional big Sunday dinners and all that stuff. Yeah, that's and it's so funny because I think that, you know, my father's generation tried to be more American and sort of leave that roots behind. And then my generation is trying to go back and rediscover that and saying, you know what, there's a lot of really good good traditions and, and, you know, good virtues about family and loyalty and things like that. So I've spent a long time sort of trying to go back now that my grandparents are gone and say, okay, well, what can I, mm -hmm. you know, what can I sort of um, take to this generation um, that they did? So I've been to Italy several times. I've done um, retreats and masterminds there, which are basically just an excuse for me to go to Italy. And um, it's just become something that I've really embraced. Uh, yeah. you know, really more in, in the last few years. And then I tried to do the dual citizenship, um, not to get into politics, but I thought, well, if I have to leave America for any reason. <laughs> uh, yep. uh, and, and sadly, my grandfather became a citizen two months before my father was born. Yeah. So the chain of uh, juris sanguine or whatever they call it, you know, the you're, you're almost automatically a citizen. That, that chain was broken. So now I have to um, and I have to work on this with my wife, but I, I'm going to need to marry an Italian girl to become an Italian citizen. <laughs> and I don't think that's going to fly at home. So no. Okay. So we have the exact same thing going on here. So <laughs> my grandfather became naturalized before mm -hmm. my not that long before my father was born. Yeah. I'm like, come on, couldn't you have waited three more months? I know. And I was like, oh, this is, and I went to Italy a couple of years ago. We went to Tuscany and I've always loved um, how you've woven your passion for this into your business. And also this is who you are. This is another piece of probably just, uh, it's not necessarily your brand, but it's, it's you being who you are and people can relate to who you are um, and this passion that you also have. And, um, and I see it being brought into your business as well. Yeah. But I, what I really love in the conversation that we're talking about is we are both at midlife. We're in the same generation mm -hmm. here. Yeah. This is a piece that I relate to, like wanting to be able to do this in my business and being mm -hmm. able to go back there and enjoy uh, Italy again. And, yeah. and, and also it has meaning to me, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. But the thing that I really have wondered about mm -hmm. is in our marketing, especially in our video marketing, how much of us do we bring in? Yeah. And, and how do we weave, especially because we talk business and that can be dry, right? Yeah. We can talk all about ourselves and then it becomes almost like, is this person a narcissist that <laughs> just happens to have a camera <laughs> like you yeah. know what i mean like and I don't, no offense but it's kind of like yeah. what what is the rhythm or the method to being able to get people to see who you are and show your expertise yeah. and also for them to understand that you're a human and might have a personal brand too sure. so how do you yeah, do I that? Think it, it's i think it's an individual decision you have to kind of decide how much you want to lean into that and i've just sort of felt along the way, okay, is this too much? Should I pull back? And and when I finally just said, you know what, I'm too old to worry about this. I don't care. There are some people 
who I'm not going to resonate with, you know, with that the old expression, there's some people you're meant to serve and some people not so much. You know, your tribe will find you the more authentic you are and the more, you know, you you bring because I figure like, okay, well, there's now there's a gazillion people who do video, video marketing, YouTube marketing, but nobody, you know, puts the spin on it that I do. So that's why there are some people that say, you know, you're my guy instead of whatever. And it may be, you know, oh, you have a pug, I have a pug. That's the connection. Oh, you're Italian, I'm Italian. That's, you yeah. know, so whatever that connection may be, you really have to kind of decide how, how much you want to lean into it. And right. I think, or, you know, or you... I, oh, think sorry. Just I could be wrong, but I think, I think women have a harder time than that with men because there, there are just different expectations. Like, oh, well, nobody's going to expect me to do that. It's like, well, throw those out the window and just be you. Absolutely. Well, and I was just going to say, I think that there's the other piece of it is like over 40 people mm -hmm. sometimes really struggle with, um, wait a minute, I was known for something before and, right. or I had a former career or mm -hmm. there's a lot of things about being in midlife that we sort of question yeah, especially when we're growing a business or getting out there initially, but there comes a time, and you said this so beautifully, where you're just like, wait a minute, like, mm. I don't care anymore. Like, I'm just going to be who I am. Mm -hmm. When do you think that happened? What season of your business do you think wow, that started to happen for you? That's a really good question. Um, I think it was part of it was when, you know, the, the kids were in high school and, um, you know, I feel like I didn't have anything else to prove sort of as a parent, like, okay, I haven't screwed them up too much here. So now I can focus on, you know, really coming back to the business. Um, and again, I think for me, it was like, I, the, the not so fancy way to say it is at some point, I just had no F's left to give, yeah. you know, I just didn't give an F anymore. So, and that's very freeing. It is. I mean, I sort of feel the same way. I, I think it took me a long time, like in the first few years in business, I was figuring out my way and how was I going to monetize and what is my brand and how am I going to stand out? And I started my business, you know, a few years after you did, but I started in 2010 mm -hmm. and I don't remember it being so crowded and I was trying to figure out my space and my place yeah. and, and it's be become more crowded, right? There's oh, more yeah. people, mm -hmm. right? And so the more we are who we are and how we speak and what we say and mm -hmm. personalize our videos to represent who we are, yeah. the more we can attract the people who we most want to serve and work with too. Yeah, exactly. And the more I've done that, the, the better clients I've had, the more I've kind of defined what, what I'll put up with or what I won't put up with and, you know, what I say, what I don't say. You know, if people are like, if they're offended by the occasional F-bomb, they're not going to be a good client for me. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, you know, if they don't appreciate some of the same things or they're mm -hmm. not, you know, they don't see or have even the same values in their business too, yeah. mm -hmm. it can be a mismatch. And I've had that happen a few times. Um, one of the things that I've recognized myself is how I work differently now than I did before the pandemic. I was working at a very high level, always stressing, always pushing. Mm -hmm. And now I work from a different place of, okay, what's the flow and ease that I need to work with? Because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to push that hard anymore. Yeah. It could be my age. I don't know, but I also see things differently. One of my values is family first and my yeah. family is so important. I think you resonate with that too. Oh, absolutely. Yep. It's always been that way. And that's why, you know, it's been an adjustment, you know, having the, my kids out of the house now um, and 
but in some ways, like I say, that's been like, oh, you know, now it gives me a little bit more freedom to, you know, um, I'm not going to embarrass them when I dress up as Moses and do my video. <laughs> I know. Because basically I was just a huge embarrassment to them through high school, so. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure that's not the case. So that brings me to the next question, because you do work with a lot of midlife women. Mm -hmm. And you also are at that stage in your business where some things are changing in your yeah. life, right? So what would you like to tell from the business side um, of anyone who happens to be in business in midlife? Mm -hmm. um, what, have some, what are some lessons that you think that you've learned as a midlife mm -hmm. business owner or also like running, like running your business and putting yourself out there. Is yeah. there anything else that you want to add that can help everyone that might be listening? I think it's, you know, if people say, well, I have to put the business first, it's like, well, I'm going to put my lifestyle first and make my business work around my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. Um, but I'm now I'm, I'm less willing to make those kinds of sacrifices. And if, like I said, if like, okay, part of my business is going to be, I'm going to do a retreat in Italy because I, I love it over there. And I want to, I want to build that into my business. So now I'm sort of bringing my business into my personal life rather than the other way around. Great. I love that. And that's along the same lines of how I work. Um, mm -hmm. What's so important to me, my, my parents were living near, near us for about a year plus during the pandemic. And mm -hmm. I had this up close and personal view of, you know, what life is like right. 30 years in advance. And I thought, okay, so what does that mean to me? And, and truly in the sandwich of my parents obviously yeah. being older and my children being younger at the, at, you know, in their twenties, I was like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, I'm right in between this. I could either start to think of myself and my body and being sort of like, I'm I'm, I'm getting older and all the thinking that goes along with that, or I'm looking at my children and thinking they're working out. <laughs> like, wait a minute, uh, where am I in all of this? Mm -hmm. And I decided to really look at how do I make the most of aging positively and powerfully yeah. during this phase? Um, so with that, is yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, is there anything that you do that you've developed a practice around with regard to how you're taking care of yourself at this stage of life? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I want to go back just real quick to say, it's like, you know, the, when they tell you on the airplane, put your own mask on first so that you can help mm -hmm. others. It's like, if you don't have your, if you don't take care of yourself, then it's all, you know, a mess anyway. So, but what I've been doing um, for the last few years is going to kickboxing classes regularly to a franchise called nine round. And I just finished my 800th workout at nine round. And I think it's, it's helped my sanity. Cause like, Oh, I get to punch and kick things and I don't get arrested for it. You know? <laughs> but um, I've just made that like, like a non-negotiable um, thing that I do um, four or five times a week. And I think it's kind of saved my mental health and also kept me, um, feeling healthier these days. Good for you. And what have you noticed about your physical strength or like, has anything shifted for you in like your clarity, your, your body yeah. in how you've been doing that too? I mean, definitely more focused. And like, I always brag to my wife, I'm like, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm like, well, probably yeah. not as my skin's probably not as nice as it was when I was three years old, but you know, <laughs> I can still uh, get up a flight of stairs without passing out. So, um, but it's just helped, you know, mentally, because I feel like, oh, okay, you know, if, if there are weeks when I do have to work 60 hours, I have the endurance to be able to at least pull it off. 
So Lou, I have to tell you something, you know, when I was hosting my events, I was not in really good physical shape. And so mm -hmm. at the end of my events, I was always exhausted. Yeah. And I, I think that what we, you know, we became sedentary and I'm saying that we people in general yeah. become so sedentary. And I noticed I was working so hard and I was super stressed all the time. I didn't have stamina. I didn't have strength and I would have my events. And at the end of it, I'd be like, oh, I'm not in shape for this. And that was one of my motivating factors was like, mm -hmm. how do I keep up with my growing business, <laughs> yeah. right? Or, or doing something like that. So well, that brings me to my next question. Mm -hmm. What is on the horizon for your business? What is, what is coming up for you? What are you planning mm -hmm. next? Oh, that's a great question. And, and I also want to congratulate you because you have like really reinvented yourself. And I know you made a, a huge commitment to health. So thank you. Good for you. Um, you. For me, I think, you know, I've sort of made a conscious decision to work with fewer clients, but on a higher level. Mm -hmm. um, and all, people are always like, well, you know, are you, are you doing anything to help the world? It's like, well, I, I like to help my clients do things because they're helping the world. So I may not be saving the whales, but maybe I have a client who is. And you know, if I can help them, then that's my contribution. So I'm, I'm being more selective about who I work with and um, trying to really just sort of, you know, not be everything to everyone and, and um, work with fewer people and, and hopefully give them a bigger transformation. So that's sort of a, a scary but conscious decision. Good for you. Well, and we talked a little bit about this before, when you give all of you, all of your best, yeah. sometimes it's instead of spreading what you know out in a variety of ways when you contain it or you bring it to one person or several people at a time yeah. or a smaller community or whatever that might look like it's like well i can stay in my zone and really deliver this to fire things up for them too mm -hmm. and you get fueled in the process yeah and you know it's and, and it's probably the same for you but one of my you know sort of traits or or things that i really value is loyalty so I always felt like, oh, I can't abandon my my clients who are newbies or, or you know don't have the resources to work with me privately. It's like, well, I have plenty of free stuff for them. I have plenty of courses. So when I realized it's it's not disloyalty to to leave mm -hmm. I'm not leaving those folks behind, I'm just you know trying to find folks who I can do more for. I'll tell you something too. I recently made the decision not to focus on speaking as, um, you know, my forefront of one mm -hmm. of the ways that I was working with people. And I thought a lot of people have known me for that. And that's people who used to refer to me for that. Yeah. So in making that decision, there was some kind of mental work that had to go around yeah. pulling myself out in the reinvention. Um, it's not like you're reinventing your business. I'm sort of making a pivot to put something else in front. You're doing that by making a decision to put a different way of serving in front. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What went into your thinking in deciding that for you? What was like, mm -hmm. what, what happened in that process? I mean, part of it was just the pandemic and just realizing like, you know, um, all right, well, we're not going to be doing as many events. We're not going to be networking. You know, I'm really going to have to focus on what's, working and what I want to do and mm. with, with those like I always talk even with video I talk about you have to find your video sweet spot and that's basically what kind of videos do you most enjoy making and what kind of videos does your audience want to see and the intersection of those two places are basically your sort of your video sweet spot so I sort of had to find my career sweet spot and say you know 
who do I want to work with? Um, and there's something about birthdays that end in zero that also makes you really assess um, kind of like, well, there's certain things that I'm just not going to put up with anymore. I mean, I, I've never fired clients until recently in the last couple of years. I've been like, you know, let me, let me refer you to somebody else or let me find someone who's a better fit because if they're not a fit, I'm just not going to, you know, like life's too short to, <laughs> to deal with that at this point. It is. It really is. And I think, um, you know, I had a similar situation happen. I found myself in the pandemic a few times where I was like, you know, this isn't exactly how I want to work anymore. And yeah. what does this opportunity mean for me? And what does it mean for the people that can get the best of what I have to offer too? Mm -hmm. If I put that out there, what would change? And so I just kind of stayed in that inquiry for a period of time. Like, what if I make this pivot how yeah. can this possibly benefit everyone at the same mm -hmm. time? And what happened in the process was there were a lot of gifts that came out yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. I feel like I could talk to you all day long. And um, one of my questions though, is you, when I asked, and I always ask everyone this, um, is when I asked about where you spend your time on social media, you told me it's on LinkedIn. So tell me why you're choosing to spend time on um, LinkedIn a little bit more these days. Yeah, I mean, it's always been Facebook, you know, even with the video, as much video as I do, you know, Facebook is sort of where, but that may be where I go to vent or be a wise ass or whatever. But LinkedIn, now that they've made a bigger commitment to video and, and it's just like, you know, obviously it's, it's more business oriented. So I've just mm -hmm. tried to focus a little bit more there because it's like, okay, well, if you want to kind of get down to business and, and get down mm -hmm. to brass tacks, that's kind of the the place to be. Although I'm still now, I was like, oh, I've never put my Moses video on LinkedIn. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to put it out there and see what happens. So, so I've, I've also tried to be more authentic there as well and not sort of put on airs. Cause sometimes people will say, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, do you want the real version or the Facebook version? Cause like, I don't know if, you know, people's lives are what they really are on Facebook. So I know, I know. And I've seen that on Instagram too. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's one of the things, um, I've talked a lot about is um, disclosure and yeah. really one of the approaches that I take, especially in what I'm doing in everything that I do is it's upfront, like even in a, mm -hmm. in a masterclass, I'm gonna say, uh, you're here for a training and I'm also going to be telling you about a program. Right? Yeah. So yeah. like, I, I don't like to, the bait and switch approach, I'm not right. about any of that. And I, uh, and what also kind of comes with that is um, it might be in some people's cases where the business appears to be a certain way or they appear to be a certain way, but behind the scenes, there's a lot that <laughs> might not be disclosed. And right. I actually think the behind the scenes stuff is what many of us mm -hmm. really are looking to learn from. Yeah. It's, so. Yeah, it's so funny because I'll do like people ask about, oh, what's your studio set up and this or that. And if I just sit back and take a picture of like what's over there instead of here, I'm like, oh, my God, do you really want to see the, you know, <laughs> do you really want to see what goes into making this? Um, but it's that's the that's the stuff that resonates. It's like, oh, my God, I love that your office is a mess be besides what's right behind you, you know. Right. Well, that I mean, it goes back to what you were talking about before about the two types of videos. Right. So, yeah, yeah same kind of thing. Um, this is so cool. All right. I have one additional question for you on the business side. Um, yeah. Let's talk about selling because I think mm -hmm. that this is one of the things that a lot of people struggle with. And it doesn't matter, yeah. you know, whether you're sort of growing and trying to sell a program as you're 
you know, it might be your first or second or third program that you're creating, or you're scaling something new. What have you learned? What would be one of the most valuable lessons that you've learned about how to become better at selling? Wow, that's a tough one because I've always felt that that's a, a you know a little bit of an Achilles heel for me, and, and so mm-hmm. you know something that that I like doing if you if you call it selling. But you know, again, what I try to do is is you know offer so much value upfront and and really just you know again take care of people before you ask them for something. So. Um, by the time I go to somebody and say like, okay, I promoted your launch four times. Do you think you might want to be able to, you know, think you could do a couple emails for me. So I want to, you know, make damn sure that I've kind of taken care of, of those folks um, before I go back to the well. I, I love that because you want, that might be one of your values as well, right? Is like providing value and um, developing relationships too. Um, and I'm the same. So the approach that I take and I teach isn't necessarily like I'm pushing a sale or mm-hmm. it's my agenda only. It's about relationships and right. it's about developing them, um, which I think is really where sales, you become better at it when you know how to develop really great relationships with people. Mm-hmm. So um, when we focus on that, a lot of great things can happen. Yeah. So it doesn't even, at, at some point, you know, the best selling is the stuff that doesn't feel like selling. Like, okay, exactly. we're having a conversation to see if this is a fit and I have something you might like, or you have something I might like. And so um, that's, that's been a saving factor for me, especially again, as an introvert, and I'm not going to go to a networking event and, and be throwing business cards at everybody. Cause that's just not my, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not your way. way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love this. This is so good. Okay. So um, I want to make sure that I respect everyone's time here, but I could talk to you all day, Lou. I know you're probably like, Oh, we don't need to, <laughs> but really, truly, I like, I, I could ask a thousand questions, but I know that you have a free gift. Um, and you know, really it's about getting confident on camera, right? So you really focus on helping people get themselves out there. So I'm going to put in the show notes, um, the link to this, but your gift, mm-hmm. could you tell us a little bit about the gift and why you've created it? It's um, I'm embarrassed. Can you remind me? <laughs> absolutely. It's the digibrand dot. Um, it's the cool tools. Um, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. Like a lot of folks are always think like, I'm going to wait until I have this or that before I do video. But, right. but what I find, and I love like staying up late and finding all these cool resources and tools. So it's really just, you know, a, a course that I used to actually charge for that is available because um, it's just like, all right, well, how can I make this easier? So a tool can either make your life more difficult because it's complex or it can make your life easier. So I've tried to find things that can streamline your process. You know, again, I always come back to these same three or four tools and every day there's a new bright, shiny object, but it's like, okay, find the ones that work really well for you. And these are the ones that I, I use myself and that I recommend. And so that some of them are free apps, some of them are really low cost tools, but those, the ones that help me work more efficiently so that I can have more time to do whatever I want. It's fantastic. And what I'm going to do is actually make it easy in the show notes for everybody to download this, but it will be uh, geniespiro.com forward slash Lou, L-O-U. So everyone knows that they can just go right to that link. Thanks. And then learn more about you on LinkedIn or connect with you on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, my final question is, are you reading anything right now? And do you have time for that? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I make time. So, so I have been reading uh, Michael Port's 
the referable speaker oh, cool. in that program because yeah. I want to push myself outside my comfort zone. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to be a speaker. But yeah. it's like, we all have to do it. We all have to be on Zoom these days. We all have to be on camera. So so that book has helped. And then the, the other one that's nice and bright is this um, Look Me in the Eye by Julie Hansen. It's about using video to build relationships with customers. So mm -hmm. even though I'm already a video guy, I feel like there's still a lot I don't know and you don't know what you don't know. So I'm just trying to stay ahead of the curve. That Well, I mean, it just goes to show how you really do, you you know, you're passionate about your craft, you want to keep perfecting what you do yeah. and you study it, right? And obviously you have a genuine interest in it. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing this for a business, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love yeah, that. I think the, the, you know, the, uh, one of the most dangerous things is um, I already know that. It's like, eh, do you though? So. I know. Well, also like if we don't sharpen our tools um, mm -hmm. and like look at how we can perfect our skills even more, if we're not staying on top of trainings and learning yeah. mm, that could be a problem so it is and you know what what worked six months ago may not work now so it's and that's you know some people can either find that intimidating but i find it kind of exciting because it's always changing i'll tell you something i you know i've i've been in sales for many many years and one of the things that i um, know is that there's tried and true things right so yes. things that you can do but when it comes to selling it changes all the time mm -hmm. with the ways that we can be selling. And so for me during the pandemic, I needed to learn more email marketing than I ever knew before. Or yeah. email selling is really what it ended up being for me. Is like, how was I going to sell through email? Mm -hmm. I really felt like I got good at it um, yeah. versus how I never, like Lou, for years, I could never send an email out and anyone would respond. And then I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing wrong? And then <laughs> And then I would send an email and no one would buy what I was selling. And I thought, I flipped that around and understand how to do it. But yeah. I had to, I have to stay current on that. And so mm -hmm. similar to you, you have like, could you give an example of what you feel that you need to stay up on in current mm -hmm. in video marketing? Like, what is yeah. it that you're really like excited about learning? Well, now? and you mentioned email selling, but I'd say video email selling. So video. Nice email has and video personalization has become huge, especially during the pandemic. So I'm, I'm constantly and even the, the tools thing that I shared, a lot of those are video email tools. I'm always looking for ways to how can I better connect with video? How can I make this more personal and engaging? So I, I just try to stay ahead of that a little bit. Thank you so much. I promised that I was going to ask you only a few more questions or one more <laughs> question. And I think I went on a roll there. So <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being my guest and my being pleasure. the first thank guy. You me, thank you for letting me <laughs> break the break the guy barrier. So yeah. I've often, you know, people like say, well, why do you, you know, why are you such a, a champion for women? I'm like, because the men have screwed things up so badly for so long. I just think it's it's time to <laughs> let them have a shot at it. So <laughs> well, thank you for, for that. I and mean, I really appreciate that. And I'm sure your your wife and your daughter also really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and that's the whole thing, like, you know, watching my daughter grow up and being home and being able to go to all of the soccer games and all that kind of stuff um, gave me, you know, obviously a, a different appreciation for that. So oh, Absolutely. Well, thank you again so much. And for thank everyone, you. if you do not know Lou, please make sure you go and download his free gift, 
hop on over to loubortone.com, check out all of what he's offering, pay attention, uh, especially when he tells everybody that he's going to be going to Italy, you might want to pay attention to that too. <laughs> but thanks again, Lou, and to all of my listeners, I'm so happy to have you here, excited to have another episode coming up for you soon, and I'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.